with you. I've enjoyed the testimonies. I've enjoyed the singing. And uh, we could all close our Bibles, go to the house, and say it's been good to be in the house of God. I'm as nervous as a, a cat in a room full of rocking chairs, to be honest with you. And uh, I told my wife, I said, it's been a little while since I preached to this many people. And, uh, amen. I praise the Lord for this opportunity. Thank the good pastor. I want to thank Brother TJ for allowing us to come tonight. Uh, I don't take it for granted, but I thank the Lord for it. And I thank these men for sharing their pulpit and uh, granting us an opportunity to spread the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm a nothing, but he's everything to me. I said, I'm nothing, but he's everything to me. There's nowhere I'd rather be tonight than the house of God. I can promise you that there's not a hospital bed nice enough. I'd rather be in the hospital than to be here. And some of y'all could testify there certainly ain't no cell block I'd rather be in. Amen. And I'm so thankful to be in the house of God. Honestly, I wanted to tell you a good funny joke. The spirit got so sweet I thought I'd just leave it joking for another time. So we'll just joke another day. I love to laugh and have a good time, but when the Lord says it's preaching time, it's preaching time. And uh, I've wondered, I've wondered for the last three days why God would settle us in here. But as the testimonies begin to ring out, I told my little bride, I said, God's setting the stage for the message. And it all makes sense here in just a second. Y'all give me a second. I'm working through my nerves, all right? And I want to be a blessing to you. I don't want to just be idle words. I don't want us to just have a normal uh, Friday night youth service. But I want us to. I want it to be meaningful. I want it to have an impact on your life. Not that I'm anything, but He's everything. And I begin to study and prepare and pray and ask God where it have us to go. You know, Jesus is on every page, but I want to be on the right page at the right time for the right right hour and uh, you know before this world was ever spoke into existence God knew every soul that would be present on these pews tonight he knew you'd be here even the lady that testified how she turned her car around what's going on up there at Mount Vernon and she come to the meeting God knew she'd be here the gentleman that had chemo yesterday He knew he'd press through the sickness and the pain and he'd be here. For those of you that got up before the sun this morning, went and worked your daily job. You got home, you was tired, you just give out and you'd have liked to stay home in your flesh but your spirit had you in church tonight. He knew you'd be here. For you mamas that got up and you got them babies clean. And you run them through the shower and you put them a good church outfit on. And you've got you something to eat and you eat it on the go in the car on the way. He knew you'd press through and be here. God makes no mistakes. Ain't that right? I want you to turn your Bibles to the fourth chapter of Matthew this evening. Matthew chapter number four. And I'm going to pick up reading the first verse. And I need the Lord. I need God. 
I still believe the preaching of God's word coupled with the power of God gets a job done. The word without his power is vain. But when it goes together, it works out. Matthew chapter number 4 and verse 1, the Bible says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple. Saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. And I want to take just a few minutes tonight, the help of God and the power of God, and I want to preach on a three-round fight. And I want to preach on how to overcome temptation. Overcoming a temptation. Now, I find it very interesting that our text here uh, takes place when it does. Just prior to the beginning of Christ's earthly ministry, Satan engaged Christ with fierce temptation. Shortly after Christ's baptism by John, uh, it is the great battle we call the temptation of Christ. This great battle proved the holy character of Christ and demonstrated that Satan was not going to stop Christ's ministry though he continually tried time and time again. Now, I think it's very interesting tonight that right out of the gate we establish the fact that we do have a tempter and that he is real. We have an adversary. We have a, a bad guy. Amen. We've got a devil. Uh, and I want you to know tonight uh, that he is real. Amen. Uh, and he don't like what's going on here when 12 churches come together. Amen. To worship the Lord thy God uh, and to make much of Jesus. Uh, there's somebody who's upset uh, and his name's the devil. Amen. Uh, he's Satan. He's the serpent. Uh, he's our adversary. Amen. Uh, he's the one uh, that causes strife and division uh, and misery. Somebody say amen. I want you to hear me tonight. The devil is a liar and the father of all lies. Uh, but he is our tempter. And honey, just as much as he's a God in heaven, uh, there's a devil walking on this earth uh, as a roaring lion seeking uh, whom he may devour. And I want you to know tonight uh, that I'm no match for the devil. Uh, 
you're no match for the devil and I want to take just a few minutes tonight and share some things with you from the word of God on how to overcome a temptation a child of God listen to me we're not exempt from temptation I don't care if you're a grandchild or a grandpa Amen. Or granddaughter or grandma. The devil knows of our weaknesses and he knows how to tempt us. Now, when we look here in the scripture, we see here that definitely there is a tempter. And you say, preacher, what is temptation? I looked up in an 1828 Noah Webster's dictionary the word temptation, and this is what I got a strong desire to do something in one's flesh that is foolish or unwise. How many of you say that in times past you've done some foolish things that were too wise? Hey man, you know the famous last words of a redneck, don't you? Y'all watch this. Hey man, I've done some foolish things in my life. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about temptation. Hey man, I'm talking talking about tests. I'm talking about trials. Is anybody hearing me tonight? And I want you to see here this temptation. It takes place in the wilderness. Matthew chapter number four and verse one the Bible says, then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. I want you to note with me the place of this temptation. The devil knew what he was doing. He lured Jesus to the wilderness. He isolated. He desolated him. He deserted him. Amen. He was directed. He was led by the Spirit, but he was isolated by the devil. And the devil got him away from any spiritual support that he may have. I want you to know this was Jesus and the devil. It wasn't Jesus, Peter, James, and John and the devil. It was just Jesus and the devil. And the devil knew that if he could pull him away, from the disciples and isolate him that he would be more vulnerable to fall for the temptation that he would offer. It's easy to be a Christian on a church pew. It's easy to be a Christian when you got the cab full of brothers or the cab full of sisters. I want you to hear me tonight. That devil knows that if he can isolate you and get you by yourself and pull you away from everybody else, then you would be more susceptible to fall for his temptation. Amen. So we see he took him to the wilderness where the temptation took place. But then I want you to notice when the temptation took place. Jesus was afterward and hungered. Jesus had just fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and hadn't had a morsel of bread to eat. I'm telling you, he was weak in his flesh and the devil knew that. I think that's the very reason why when he tempted him, he told him, he said, command these stones that they be bread. He knew that in his flesh he was hungered. So we see that the devil knew the very weak spot in our Lord's life. And let me say this tonight. He knows your weak spots too. 
He knows your weak spots too. And can I make you a solemn promise? The devil will never, never tempt you with something that is not your weakness. Don't y'all know the chain always breaks at the weakest link? Yeah, man. And I want you to know the devil's been around since the Garden of Eden. That serpent that beguiled Adam and Eve, that old serpent was the devil. It was Satan. And for some 6,000 years, the devil has been on the face of this earth. And he's tempting people. Hey, man, I want you to know I'm no match. You're no match. And in those years, the devil's existence, hey, look, he's already encountered somebody who has a personality that is similar to mine and yours. And who knew what their weakness was? And he knows what your weakness is. So we see here the place of the temptation was the wilderness. But not only did we see the wilderness where he tempted him, but we see he was it was a time of weakness when he tempted him. We see the country of temptation, but then we see the conditions of temptation. Honey, this is a three-round battle. Amen. The condition of Christ for the battle was once uh, was one in which Satan had all the advantages. Y'all listen to me. The conditions for this temptation uh, was sided on the devil's side. Or so it appeared. All the advantages leaned Satan's way. The location gave Satan advantage. The fact that Jesus was afterward in hunger gave Satan advantage. Both the country and the conditions illustrate how God seems to delight to show that Satan at his strongest is no match for the Lord at his weakest. I believe I'll say that one more time. I said this. I said the Bible shows us right here that the devil at his strongest is no match for our Lord at his weakest. Amen. To God be the glory. Ain't you glad? So we see here, we see the conditions of the temptation. Amen. The Lord, the, the, the stage is set. And the devil begins to attempt to cause the Lord to fail. In Matthew chapter number 3, the Bible said, And when the tempter came to him and said, If thou be son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. This first temptation was about food. Satan tempted Christ to turn stones into bread. He knew he would be hunger driven and vulnerable in this area. Satan knew his weak spots. The presence of the tempter in verse 3. At some point, church, you hear me and hear me well. There'll come a day in your Christian life that the tempter will be on your trail and he will rise up. And he will poke his head up. But can I say, hey man, when he does, he won't do it when you're strong and spiritual. He'll do it when you're weak and weary. 
He'll know it when you're weak and weary. He'll know it when somebody's hurt your feelings. He'll know it when something has went south at the church house or somebody's done something that you don't agree with. Honey, when you come out of revival and half a dozen's got saved, hey, the devil is no match. But you hear me and hear me well. Hey, man, when you're at your lowest points and the devil's playing mind games on you and this brother's upset with you and this sisters broke fellowship with you and you're weary in the flesh and weary in the spirit and weak and you walk that's when the devil will attempt you or he will tempt you amen when you're weak and weary amen it will happen the power over temptation amen we find it in verse 4 but he answered and said it is written somebody say amen if you want to hold something perfect today, hold your King James Bible. Amen. It's perfect. It's without flaw. It's without error. It's not debatable. It is forever settled in heaven. It's purer than silver. A tried in a furnace seven times. It is the God-breathed, inspired Word of God. It's the only thing in this earth you can hold that is absolutely perfect. I like to think when my wife hugs my neck, she's holding something perfect, but she ain't. I'm flawed at best. I'm telling you, I'm just a sinner saved by the grace of God. And I've got my faults, and I've got my failures and my flaws, and you do too. But can I say that when we hold God's precious word in our hand, there's not one mistake in it. Say, I don't know if y'all hear me. I feel like preaching. Amen. I'm holding something that is God breathed. It is forever settled in heaven and it's how the Lord overcame Satan's temptation when he commanded that he turned those stones into bread. The Lord had one offense and it was the word of God. He said it is written. I want you to hear me when temptation comes your way and the old devil pokes his head up when you're weak and weary in your spirit and you grab that Bible and you open it up and I promise you that the word of God will help you in your time of trouble amen Christ gained his power over temptation through the word of God I got a Bible in my truck I got a Bible in the golf cart at work I've got a Bible in my nightstand at the house and 90% of the time I got a Bible in my pocket you say why is that I don't know when he's going to tempt me Somebody say, man, I don't know when he's going to... Hey, did you know the devil's working overtime? I called a friend of mine this morning. I said, what are you up to? He said, I'm oh, just working. I said, yeah, me too. He said, that's all I do, just work all the time. And I got to thinking, I bet that's what the devil would say. <laughs> well, you know it, devil, I'm working. That's all I do. Working all the time. I want you to hear me when he comes your way. The only way you overcome him is with the word of God. He, the Lord gained power by his cognizance of the word. You say, what is that? His knowledge of the scripture. The Lord knew the word of God. Amen. It was his word after all. And he knew it. He had an understanding of it. He had studied it. Matter of fact, he breathed it 
somebody say amen. I want you to hear me tonight. He knew the word of God. Matter of fact, he quoted to the devil Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse number 3. I want you to hear me tonight, church. If you don't know the word, you won't be able to use it to gain victory over evil when it comes your way. Amen. It sure is good to have a Bible. It sure is good to hold a Bible. But may we heed the Bible. Somebody say amen. I thank God for his word. The Lord knew the Bible and he quoted scripture to the devil. And that's how he overcame him. He said it is written. He gained power not only by his cognizance of the word but by his counsel of the word. The word tells us how to live. We're to live by the bread of the scripture not just by bread for the stomach. Amen. The Bible will tell you what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Somebody say amen. He gained power over temptation by his compliance to the word of God. Christ obeyed the word. And that will lead you to victory over temptation every time. Just do what the word of God says. So we see round one. Jesus commands the devil. or Jesus, The devil commands Jesus that he would turn those stones into bread. And the Lord looked at him and said, it is written. Amen. So we see here that the devil failed and Jesus was victorious. Amen. And then we see the devil knows that he couldn't get Jesus to fail when he appealed to his flesh. I still believe the three three tactics of the devil's the same. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Amen. That first temptation was the lust of the flesh. He knew he was hungry. And he said, command that these stones be made bread. Now we see here the second round of this battle. Amen. We all know that a victory over temptation is not a once and for all victory. Amen. It's a daily battle. What I'm trying to say is this. You may overcome the devil today. But in the morning when your eyes wake and your feet hit the floor, the devil's going to be fighting again. It's not a once and for all victory. It's a day-to-day battle. Some of you gardeners, it's like pulling weeds in the summertime. You can pull them today and they'll be back tomorrow. Amen. That's the way the devil is. You may defeat him today. You may overcome him today. But come morning time, you won't have to fight that battle all over again. We all know that when the devil don't get us to fail in one area of our life, he'll attack us from another area. He'll attack us from another point. He'll hit us from some other way. Amen. We all know that this victory is not a a once and for all, but it's a daily battle. Luke 9.23 says this, And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, Let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. If Satan cannot defeat us in one area of our life, he will attack us in another. This brings us to the second round of this three-round battle. In verse number five, the Bible says, Then the devil taketh him up into a holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down for it is written he shall give his angels charge concerning thee and in their hands they shall bear thee up lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone 
Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. I want you to note with me the second round of this three-round battle. If we look at the place of the temptation here, this place had two areas for temptation. It was a holy place. For in verse 5 the Bible says, Then the devil taketh him up into a holy city. See that? A holy place. Thus giving the devil the advantage of disguising temptation in holy apparel. Boy, we see a lot of that in today's world. Using sacred to disguise evil. That shows that Satan has no respect for anything that is sacred. Amen. So we see he tried to disguise uh, good with evil. And that's the way the, the devil would do. You know the most believable lies, 99% true. Somebody help me right there. The most believable lie is 99% true. And the devil's a mastermind at twisting things. He'll tell you just enough truth to make it sound good, but he'll leave out what's important. He took him to a holy place. Then he took him to a high place. I want you to notice where they went in the temple. They went to the pinnacle. Amen. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and sitteth him on a pinnacle of the temple. It was a high place. And I want you to hear me. Satan has used high positions to corrupt many good people. There's some corruption sitting in high places in the United States. You don't believe that. You probably believe wrestling's real too. The devil has used high positions to corrupt many good people. So we see the high, it was a holy place, but it was a high place. We see the place of this temptation, the second round, but then we see the proving in the temptation. In verse 6, the Bible says this, And saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give His angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. The proving in the temptation. In verse 6, Satan tries to convince Jesus to do an unwise, foolish act by jumping from the temple. We can prove our faith by simply abstaining from unwise, unusual, and unnecessary things. I wish somebody to preach that to me as an 18-year-old boy. We can keep ourselves out of a lot of trouble by staying away from unwise, unfoolish things, amen. Unnecessary acts. What is temptation, preacher? It is a strong desire to do something foolish or unwise. Y'all remember that? We prove our faith by our daily walk that honors God. We see the proving in the temptation. But then we see the preventing in the temptation. Christ had used scripture to defeat the, the previous temptation. So now Satan counters by also using scripture. Hear me and hear me well. The devil knows the Bible more than most Christian people today. If you want to beat the opponent, the best way to do that is to know his rule book. 
to know his playbook. Are you with me? I'd give anything if North Surrey could get Mount Airy's playbook before the first game. This is Greyhound country. Who let the dogs out? The way to overcome your opponent is to know their playbook. And I want you to know, amen, that everything God wants us to know is right here. And the devil knows this book, and you better know that. The preventing and the temptation. The Lord battled Satan by using Deuteronomy, but then the devil comes back using Scripture himself. He counters by also using Scripture, but he twists it just a little. The text is Psalm 91.11, but the devil leaves out the part, In all thy ways. And see, like I've already said, he'll tell you a half truth, which makes it a total lie. He's a liar and a father of it. Protection in the scripture promised was only in all thy ways. <laughs> Amen. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. <laughs> Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Somebody say amen. I'm glad the Lord didn't leave out in all thy ways. Amen. The power over temptation in this second round was verse 7. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. See that phrase, it is written? With double emphasis, the Lord has used the same tactic to battle the devil. And I want you to hear me. They may be different temptations today, but the way to overcome those temptations is still the same. These things floating around low gap today, I've never seen before. But I want you to hear me and hear me well. The way to overcome that temptation is the same way Jesus overcome the temptation of the devil when he was led into a holy place and sat on the pinnacle of the tabernacle. Amen. I want you to hear me. The power over temptation was it is written. Christ defeated this attempt to tempt the same way he did the previous temptation by the word of God. He knew the word and he obeyed the word and this will always give you victory over any temptation. When Satan hits you hard with temptation, the best advice I can give you is hit him back. Hit him with a Romans 10 and 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Or hit him with an Ephesians 2.8. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Or hit him with a Hebrews 2.9. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. A crowd with glory and honor that he by the grace of God. God uh, should taste death for every man. Hit him with a John 3, 16. Uh, for God so loved the world. Uh, thank God I'm part of the world. Amen. Uh, hey, for God so
so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Hallelujah. Amen. But have everlasting life. Hit him with a John 14. That precious promise of our Lord soon imminent return. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. Praise God. When the devil hits you with temptation, just hit him back. Amen. You grab that word of God and he can't take it. Woo! I said, take that word of God and fight and battle. Amen. I ain't going to lay down and just take it. I'm going to fight back. Somebody say amen. Amen. So we see here, Jesus overcome the first round of temptation. He said, it is written. He overcome the second round of temptation. He said, it is written. Our only defense is the Word of God. How many of you know it's the final round that counts? Amen. Can I have a swallow of this water? Praise God. It was clearing in a mason jar. I was just a little nervous. I smelled of it first. I'm talking about overcoming temptation. Somebody help me. I know where I'm at. Some of y'all still got gravity fed wells and you can hear it thumping in the woods. Help us, Lord. It's a final round that counts. It don't matter where you start to race, it's where you finish. And we see that the devil, he don't just give in. But boy, he's a pain in our side, ain't he? There's a lot of, there's a lot of young people. There's a lot of middle-aged people. And there's some senior saints sitting here tonight. And if there's anything I can tell you, I want to tell you how you can overcome temptation when the devil comes peeking his head up at your place. Because if he ain't, he will. You may not need this this week, but you fold it up, put it in your pocket, because a day will come that you're going to need this. This is the final round, the one that counts. Consider that if Christ won the first two but lost in the final, it would equal total defeat. But for those of you keeping score, it's Jesus too and Satan zero. You can overcome temptation for many years and in one bad decision ruin many good years of righteous living. It breaks my heart that some of my heroes has failed by the wayside. It breaks my heart that tonight they're not in a church house, but they're back in a drug house. It breaks my heart that they're not in an altar, but they're on a bar stool. You can live right for a long time and in one decision destroy those years of righteous living. Your testimony is your influence on the lost people around you. 
Be honest in your ways. Be honest in your words. Humble in your ways. A good name's rather be chosen than great riches. Somebody help me right there. Temptation is a real thing. And every Christian sitting under the sound of my voice is subject to it at some point in time in your walk with the Lord. You see, this attempt to tempt was the strongest of the three temptations. This temptation involved a crown for Christ. It would have given Christ rule over all the kingdoms of this earth. It was the strongest temptation simply because it offered the most. The first would have offered satisfaction from eating. The second would have offered protection. But this one would have offered a high position with much power and prestige in this world. Once again, I want to outline, and this is the final round of the battle, the place of temptation. Satan used height to enhance the temptation. In verse number 8, again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain. Did you know the way with the Lord is down? You may get too big for God to use, but you'll never get too small for God to use. The devil uses lofty places to tempt the Lord. Height to enhance the temptation. Height can make a person unstably, unstable physically and spiritually. A few years ago, I took my family on vacation. And I'm scared to death of heights. The only way I can be off the of ground and enjoy it is in a deer stand. <laughs> and I see a lot of deer because I'm afraid to move. And I do wear a safety harness. I do. I, w- I would wear two if I could. And a parachute if I could find one that would deploy before it hit the ground. My last deer stand I hung. Man, I hung it way up high. And this big white pine. And uh, it's up in Allegheny County. My daddy, <laughs> my daddy, he was at the house. And as a bear come in, it's getting dark. And I said, I ain't coming down. There ain't no way. He could eat on this for two days. And I told you it's really high. I'm scared of heights. My daddy walked up there and laid his hand on the platform of my stand. He said, come on down. He said, it'd be all right. I said, daddy, I ain't coming down. Not daddy. Eye to eye. Scared of heights. Heights make me unstable. Me and the wife, the babies, went on vacation a few years ago. And boy, I was excited. Though I realized we was on the 11th story. I Honestly, you can ask her. I said, you sleep on that side of the bed. I can't look out. Heights scare me to death. I, I'm just honest. The devil enhanced this temptation by taking the Lord up into an exceeding high mountain. Height 
can make a person unstable physically and spiritually. Promotion is often Satan's way of pollution. High places. Working your way up that corporate ladder. Oh, now I'm the boss. I, I, I can't come on Wednesday nights. I have to set the example. Uh, can't go to visitation because uh, got to work four and a half hours Saturday. Promotion is often Satan's way of pollution. Y'all hear me and hear me well. If a devil knows making you a millionaire keep you out of the house of God, he'll make you a millionaire. And that goes the other way too, by the way. Just because somebody's so broke they can't rub two nickels together don't mean they're spiritual. Some of the meanest people I know is poor. Amen. I kill you, they ain't got nothing to lose. You with me? The perverting in the temptation. He showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Satan showed him only the glory of the kingdoms and not the guile of the kingdoms. Young people, listen to me. Satan habitually shows only one side. He'll show you the pleasure, but he won't show you the pain. He'll show you the splendor, but he won't show you the sorrow. He'll show you the Friday night fun, but he won't show you the Saturday morning sickness. When you go down the interstate and you look up on that billboard, there's that beautiful young lady with that nice physique. There's that beautiful sports car and Mr. Suave laid up against it. He's got a can of Bud Dumber in his hand. And he portrays that to be a fun night. But you hear me and hear me well. On the other side, what it ought to show is a domestic violence with a mama with two black eyes. Because daddy come in in a drunken stupor and beat mama half a night. The devil will show you only the pleasure, but he won't show you the pain. When I worked in Dobson at the sheriff's department, it was a very common thing for people to come in black and blue because something went wrong at the party. Daddy comes over and files a missing person report on mama because she ain't been home in two weeks and he's been taking the kids to school. The devil will show you the pain of the pleasure, but he won't show you the pain. The devil will show you the splendor, he'll not show you the sorrow. People will sell their eternal soul for temporary worldly gain. And everything that the devil offered the Lord in this battle was only temporary. Bread, protection, and prestige. Temporary. The price in the temptation, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. The price says you can get gain by doing evil. 
And many have embraced this philosophy. It'll cost you more than, you, than you'll ever gain. Sin will. Somebody say man. There's four biblical definitions of sin. I'm just about done. All unrighteousness is sin. Anything that transgresses the law is sin. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Somebody say man. And the price of sin is how much more, hey man, it'll cost you more than you want to pay. The devil told the Lord, he said, all these things will I give thee. He promised him the pleasure in temptation. The temptation would eliminate the pain of the cross. After all, the kingdom of the world are already going to be given to the Lord anyway, according to Revelation 11, 5. But you see, the devil offered him the power and prestige of this world. And the devil knew that if he would have took that bargain, he'd have not had to endure the cross. I told you this temptation involved a crown. It was the hardest temptation to overcome. Satan's offer would have given him the kingdom the kingdoms to Christ without Christ having to experience the sufferings of the cross. Satan would give Christ the crown without the cross. Satan didn't want the cross because he knew it was his doom. He's the author of every religion that leaves out the cross. The shortcut for Christ is typical of Satan's temptation. He always tempts us to take shortcuts to pleasure. That's why he'll tell you, you don't have to wait to marriage to have a good time. That's why he'll say, don't get up and go to work, just go steal it. I'm talking about shortcuts to pleasure. For those of you that's in school, the devil will tell you, don't study. Just look over at your neighbor and write it down off their paper. It's shortcuts to pleasure. And many have embraced this philosophy. They all exhibit the same principle that's found in this final round of temptation. But once again, the Lord overcame him with the Word of God. In, the, in this final round, we see the Lord uses two tactics, one familiar and one new. The new one is separation. He said, get thee hence, Satan. Then the devil leaveth him. Separation from evil gives power over evil. I said separation from evil gives power over evil. Mixing evil and righteousness only weakens righteousness. That's why you can't live like a devil and go to church and be blessed. If you're going to talk a talk, you've got to walk a walk. So we see that he separated himself from evil, the Lord did. We don't mix with evil, we separate from evil. And then the second tactic that the Lord uses in this final round, we see there's power in the scriptures. 
He says, it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. Christ knew Deuteronomy 6.13 and he used it to defeat the devil. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and shalt swear by his name. That's the verse. Honoring scripture always overcomes temptation. To every young person sitting under the sound of my voice, hear me and hear me well. Read that Bible. Learn that Bible. Study that Bible. Live that Bible. To every mom and daddy under the sound of my voice, read that Bible. Live that Bible. Study that Bible. To every grandparent under the sound of my voice, read that Bible. Study that Bible. Live that Bible. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Honoring Scripture always overcomes temptation. Thus reminds us, whom you worship, you'll serve. You worship well, you'll serve well. And our church service often reveal who's ready for Satan's attack when temptation comes. The Lord won that battle. He overcame three rounds of temptation. And He gave us an example to go by. And we claim to be Christians. That means to be Christ-like. So if we're going to be Christ-like when temptation comes, we're to have a cognizance of the Word of God or a knowledge of the Scripture. We're to have a counsel of the Word of God and we are to comply with the Word of God. Can I say this? It's a good thing to have a Bible. It's a good thing to hear the Bible. It's a good thing to hold a Bible. But when we go out the doors of this church, may we heed the Bible. Hearers and doers is God's gospel blueprint. Amen. Let me have every head bowed and every eye closed. And as far as the invitation comes, brother, I'll, I'll let them come sing if they have a song. Uh, if if that would be just fine, uh, we'll let the group come and sing. I want to speak to your heart just a second tonight, church. I understand that there's a lot of people under the sound of my voice and you've overcame the devil time and time again. you fought battle after battle and you've been victorious. But may we all be sober-minded and realize that just because we've overcame him in the past don't mean we will the next time he comes around. Maybe some of y'all want to pile up and say, Devil... You ain't getting the victory over me. I'm not turning back. I'm not going back to this world. I'm not going back to the things of this world. I'm going to stay with the Lord. Maybe you'd want to come while they sing tonight and just do business with the Lord. Maybe some of you young folk have been dealing with temptation. Why don't you be sensitive to that still small voice in your heart? Come do business with the Lord. You be sensitive to the Lord and you do what He's bid you to do. While they sing.
omission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. You know, on April 9th, I told y'all a minute ago, April 9th, 1997, I was a six-year-old, getting ready to turn seven-year-old little boy, riding up Highway 89, just right down here, just right down the road. And uh, I asked the Lord to save me, and I'm in it. I meant that. I really wanted to serve 